welcome back to the Boardroom Banter Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the journeys, ideas, and reflections of the incredible people who are building a better tomorrow. This is a conversation by builders and for builders. Whether you're building a career, your skills, a startup, or even a life that you can be massively proud of, we give you an exclusive behind-the-scenes look into the thoughts and stories of our amazing peers and mentors who are doing just that. So sit back, take a deep breath, and get ready to step into the boardroom. It's World Cup season. Everyone is rooting for someone, but, you know, I, I think one of the things that I saw on Twitter was guys have some some suspicious uh, some suspicious uh, loyalties because <laughs> you're a Ronaldo fan, but then you're Ghanaian. It's like, no. You have to choose. You have to choose. Yeah, hey, but watching that. watching World Cup, watching AFCON here at LU, it's just a whole experience on its own. You know, they, they set up like a whole common room with a projector and a bunch of Ankara pillows everywhere just for the yeah. World Cup. Hey, so yesterday, Cameroonians are there. Because me, like, I have a beef with Cameroonians because they laughed at Kenya after our last game. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mine was personal vendetta. I wanted to see them destroyed. Um, <laughs> that was a good day for me. And then, you know, I'm a Ronaldo fan as well. So I had to put my Ghanaian brothers on the opposite mm-hmm. side of the ring yesterday. Again, I wasn't disappointed. So, I mean, it's a good week to be, to support the teams that support. But yeah, the vibes, the vibes on campus are always, are always, always energetic, a bit too personal. Um, the couple of words thrown around. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. That, that's football for you, man. Are you guys watching it at home? Yeah, you know, interesting enough. Um, I mean, as, as a family, I think ever since I was a kid, we always made a point to watch World Cup. But I, I think this year people are just busy. So we're not really doing, um, you know, the the usual at night we sit down and watch, watch football. I think that worked better when, like, my sister and I were, you know, in, like, high school. We'd, we'd come home afterwards. It's an excuse to stay up a bit later. But recently, actually, I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been trying to follow the games. There are so many there's like three per day or something. Three, four per day, yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been losing track. But um, yeah, I, I was watching, I was watching Japan versus Germany. I was actually in the gym, so it, it was hilarious. <laughs> People are trying to work out, but like guys are watching the game. So at some point, Japan scored. Some guy dropped his weights, almost hit someone else. <laughs> like it was just such a whole. There's a whole scene, like guys are so invested, especially in the underdogs, man. I'm seeing Saudi Arabia yeah. elves, you know, like it's it's the underdog teams that that are getting support. So it's 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 interesting to see, man. Let, let let's see where this World Cup goes. See how see how our Dutch friend here is quiet. Yeah, you know, he, he also yeah, had a our good da- week. Our Dutch, our Dutch national here. How 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 is World Cup usually like for you? All I know is that this time, this 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 time, Netherlands is going to win. <laughs> I'm quite sure. Was, uh, the team is strong, especially within our group. There's no team that I I think that would would beat us. We are playing next with Ecuador, 
Then we'll play with Qatar. I think those are clear wins for us. So yeah, I I generally see the Netherlands winning this World Cup. I I I don't know why we need to dispute any of that. So anyone I meet, I'm like, forget about it. You know, this is this is this is a Dutch World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Boni is is upset by my so nice. <laughs> It Must be so nice to have your your national team actually have a chance at winning. You know. And luckily for Yuri, you know, he can he can pick ah Kenya, oh Netherlands. So you know, if Kenya don't make it even to Afcon, at least he has his other nationality to bank on for World Cup. Nah, it depends. Uh, it depends on on which sport. You know, he's with he supports Kenya when we're on track and field and rugby. Track and field. <laughs> Olympics. I think Olympics he turns into a Kenyan. Completely. <laughs> that's, I agree. That's a Kenyan thing. <laughs> No, it's 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 awesome it's awesome and it, it's interesting you know we speak of that just stemming from our last conversation in our last founders friday episode you know we we spoke a lot about identity you know where do we come from and you know in in that sense you know we're talking about a lot of the pitfalls that come from you know sometimes having heritage rooted in a in a culture or or society that has come from a place of oppression or you know not getting your full access to rights so it's it's really refreshing to now see the 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 positive side of of having you know dual nationalities etc and just the fact that yeah i mean they're both your people you know so when they shine there's i'm sure there's a sense of pride um when they're being thwarted uh, i'm sure yuri you you will be calling in sick for our recordings uh, so guys please 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 keep netherlands in your prayers yuri's mood and and our team's dynamic is on the line guys please we need we need netherlands doing well but yeah if if they do if they don't all is well guys it's just it's just football you know i always say it's just football but for some people it's it's really not so how how are you guys doing though on a personal level we can hop into pen check pen for anyone who's just joining us that's how we you know just just checking on each other so it's it, it's an abbreviation it, it stands for p e n so we check on your physical so how you doing physically e for emotionally you know what's what's what, what's up are you good emotionally n are there are there any needs that that you have so that's how we check in on each other in the boardroom so yeah bonnie you can kick us off with the pen check how are you doing yeah sure thing it's been a it's been one of those weeks um i think the end of the academic period does something to students i usually i usually get through it a bit calm this year this year hey this this is a bit different isn't it <laughs> well physically physically a bit I'm well rested. I think I think despite the fact that there is that all the academics are going on I I don't sacrifice too much on my sleep because you know getting a good night's sleep also helps to stimulate the brain cells. I think there's some psychology somewhere that will back me up on that one. But uh, where physically 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 I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. Um emotionally Um a lot of people have been asking me whether I'm coming to Nairobi in December. I know I bring this up a lot in in jest 
But I think the truth of the matter is I'm seeing the opportunities that I'm missing out on by not being in Nairobi. I think that's that that's sort of getting to me. Um yeah, I think a lot of the relationships that I had built this past summer, a lot of them were, you know, that loop was there of oh, December, and then just my group of friends also know how how we throw down in December. <laughs> but I think it's just sitting sitting in the comfort and the and the belief that you know God has a plan for me being because if you think about it, this is actually the only Christmas I'll spend on the island. I don't. I definitely don't plan on being here next year after studying my dissertation. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think emotionally just trying to be grounded. And I think just focusing on the people around me right now and the space that I'm in and living in the moment is really helping. So I think that that's one of the those um the mindset that's just dawning on me right now. In terms of my needs. I got this paraphrasing tool that's really helping. So I think if, if we're doing this two days ago, I would have said, I need a paraphrasing tool. I'm trying to get that premium Quill, version Quill in. <laughs> Quillbot, yeah, Quillbot. We need to find yes. the, the the founders of Quillbot, but are we, they are solving. See, Yuri has already hopped onto his LinkedIn. <laughs> For our viewers, don't be shocked if we get the, the Quillbot guys here on the podcast. I think I think biggest need right now would be I just need a break. I need this I need this Christmas break. I need I need something to do this Christmas break. I'm trying to see if I can skim through a book, you know, a book on I want a I don't want a story. I want like knowledge, like new knowledge. So if anyone out there who has any recommendations for book, a book that will give me absolutely new knowledge and blow my mind. I come back from the holiday raising my hand in class and educating people. But yeah, that's all that's all from me. Uh Yuri, how you doing? I'm doing amazing. Um I've just sent out my connection request to Rohan. He is the co-founder and CEO of Quillbot. So I'm super excited for that. Um hopefully he will connect with me and then we'll get him on the podcast. Um but yeah. Um, I think physically, um, yeah, that's that's literally how we get guests. For, for anyone who is wondering, <laughs> like, it, literally as simple as you know, Yuri oversimplifies it. Like, it's it's clearly such a skill for him. <laughs> yeah, and, like he just lives and networking. <laughs> anyway, go, go ahead. How are you doing? So, actually, funny thing is that since we started the podcast, like, it has become more natural for me to just google like who's the founder of any product that i'm using so anything that i spot i'm like trying to see like who's who who founded this like what is the story behind ab like you know this product or this service it's a very interesting unconscious um you know a habit that has just come up as a result of this podcast but anyway um physically I am doing really well. Emotionally, I'm also doing really well. Um, I checked today on the weighing scale, my weight, and I'm and I'm happy to announce that I have so far lost 1.5 kilos <laughs> as a result. As a as a result of frequently walking, <laughs> frequently walking around campus um, on during the evenings. 
and i think also i have tried to like you know watch different kinds of videos on nutrition um um on eating habits and you know i stumbled across one video by yes theory i'm a big fan of theirs and you know they they were doing a challenge of a guy who like one of them was i think it was amar was doing a challenge of um, taking 5 days off without uh without eating and it's it's just fasting for 5 days and he breaks down like you know as as human beings like in the past like generations generations before like people didn't necessarily have three meals a day it's just that we've got into this uh bubble of marketing well frequent you know franchises uh, you know uh, food companies make us learn that you know as human beings we need to have three meals a day but that's not the case like go back in the days where like there was literally no civilized uh, like there was no technology there was no internet like people people didn't necessarily need to have like three meals a day so like i've been trying to test out with my body like what are my limits um and i think it has been good because now i'm making a more conscious um effort and yeah and i'm making a more conscious decision on when i need to eat not just eating out of you know automation so yeah that's that's good i think one of my needs um okay so you always catch me on the needs one, one of the needs i have is i think one of the needs that i i i um one of my needs currently is i'd like to you know check out different kinds of resources on like um healthy living um on like exercises like different kinds of things that can you know promote my well-being and you know if if you have decided to you know take this journey yourself and just make more conscious decisions on like what you take in, in like your what you eat and you know how you carry yourself uh, uh, you know during the day you know please f- feel free to share your resources with me and you know just point me to you know different kinds of experts that you know are an influence within you know this space so i can also learn from them yeah what about you Sean um i'm i'm doing great i'm doing great physically uh yeah physically i'm i'm feeling good well rested you know ready ready for the weekend i guess you know it's weird for me it's like every day is the same except sunday maybe it's like whether it's monday or friday or tuesday or like most of my days tend to be the same so um as long as i've had good sleep and i've eaten well I'm a bit hungry. Now I'm trying to think what what can I eat. Mm. But emotionally, emotionally, I I'm envy. Also... I envy your life, Sean. Hey, oh, I... just wake <laughs> up. Mm. What am I from like doing today? <laughs> Surprisingly, I have I have work that I do. So I mean, but a a lot of that is like I can plan. I can plan my day. You know, at least I have control over that. Um. Yesterday, your electricity went. I had like probably like three meetings, including the recording of this 
episode. Hey, 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 my devices were all dead. I just said, hmm, it's a wrap. You know, you know that kaku that kaku that goes around sometimes. Of, just close your laptop, beloved. You've done enough. Actually, <laughs> put out on Monday. <laughs> that was the whole of Nairobi yesterday. <laughs> that was the whole of Nairobi yesterday, man. Hey, I just so you know. At first, I was like, okay, is is it just us here at home? Um, but turns out it wasn't. So when I saw it was a whole national grid thing, Kenya Power didn't know what to do. I said, I it's a wrap. I just sent in my condolences. Sorry, guys, I won't be able to make it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And yeah, so anyway, emotionally, I think I'm okay. There's a bit of backlog. So now the things I was meant to do yesterday, I have to do today. Today, my day is full. Um, so anyway, I'll figure that out. In terms of my needs, um, um, what, are, what are my needs? I, I think I think this this Founders Friday is I think it was it was a need. I'd have been disappointed if we didn't record this week. You know, I, I always look forward to our conversations. It's, it's how we catch up. We're also great friends, so you know, you know, and when you when we're far away, you know, it's like wow. And it's not like we can bump into each other in the cafeteria and just hang out and walk. So for me, usually this is a good like. Um, my social life lives on zoom clearly now so yeah i, I think my needs have been have, have been met um I, I want new airpods i'm finding my airpods i don't know the noise cancellation is it's not slapping the way it used to when they were new so i think they've lasted me quite some time almost three years now so you guys if you have airpods that you're trying to give me for free or Apple, Apple, by the way, sponsor, sponsor the podcast. Hey, come on, man. If you guys know someone who's in Apple, you know, hit us up. We, we can do the thing. Um, but yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think I'm great. They're about yeah. to buy Manchester United. Oh, yeah, I, I did. You know how, like, yeah. They've got like Bro. $40 billion in cash, liquid, Apple. Bro, I'll bring you guys and buy Kenya. Bro, I'll bring you guys one of my friends. I'll bring you guys one of my friends who's like is super, super like in-depth knowledge on on how these these business needs go on in the football world. We'll come and just have him do a masterclass. He's called Debra, childhood friend. This guy knows. He's like, how do you know these things? He like knows these things so in depth. Um, but yeah, sorry, you're saying something, Sean. No, no, no. You know, football is big business, and I think I, I, I really only internalize that. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big watcher and follower of football. I enjoy playing it more. I was never one of those of like, oh my god, you know, my team is losing, the world is ending. Um, but, but recently, I've been really fascinated by the business side of it, and just, and I think I, I realized that when, um which 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 team was it? it was when when russia was being sanctioned and and was it abramovich who was yeah was, um was it chelsea yeah yeah yuri's team over here he's yeah. pretending he's not listening to you how they how they doing <laughs> yeah so so i realized wow, 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 wow there's a lot of money in football and just looking at a lot of 
also Arab wealth, you know, the Man cities, et cetera, being owned by, you know, these different entities. I was like, okay, people who are liquid tend to buy these clubs and even, um, you know, guys of like the All In podcast, I know Chamath, Chamath Palihapatiya is, he owns the Warriors, you know, in basketball, um, Mark Cuban, uh, you know, et cetera. These guys like, they buy they buy these sports clubs and i never used to understand hey, why are you buying a sports like fam they just go to kick a ball or throw something the whole day but when you look at the money that they make in terms of like merchandise branding sponsorship it's it's an actual business like and it's very lucrative especially if your team is is doing well i, I have a good friend of mine who you know she's super into into sports and you know is is looking into studying sports management and we're talking the other day you know she's just like okay you know i i really want to solve um you know just the sports issue in 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 africa and the fact that there's just no established talent pipe pipelines to get young people or talented people into sports you know how in the us yuri yuri can go to canada and you know, learn how to play ice hockey when he's seven. And literally the family can bank on, okay, if we support this kid and he does really well, he'll get scholarships into uni, he'll get into like the hockey league and, you know, he'd be set up, you know, things like Formula One. If you, if you see Lewis Hamilton's story as a kid, again, there was that thing of, okay, go for these tournaments, win these tournaments. There's a pipeline, you know, there's like a, there's a path to, to where you can go and here on the continent we've not set those things up and i was arguing that it's because we just don't have the attention like our sports doesn't have the attention that it needs for it to be lucrative because the reason why someone is paying millions of dollars for a player is because of the attention and skill they bring you know that means more people are watching that means more sponsorship that means more revenue for the team that means payout for investors like there's a whole chain and that now pours back into talent. So now talent is invested in because talent will come in because talent, you know, like it's a whole, it's, it's a whole stack. So that, that was an, a very interesting thing to be seeing. And I don't know, have you guys watched the FIFA, you know, that, those, that controversial, yeah. that FIFA scandal thing. What, yeah, what before, would you guess about that? But before that, uh, this friend of yours that you talk about, she's the one who was in LA. No, not 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 Amy. That's that's Amy, but this other friend also was okay. in but but no, not 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 Amy. Mm. Yeah, because shout, um, yeah, shout, shout out to Amy. There's um when I was reading out liars, it breaks down that that pipeline thing that you're talking about, Sean. And then like one of the things that that it that basically the outlier says is that there's nothing like oh self made ex or self-made billionaire self-made world with a uh, what successful person and and it really shows that it comes down to certain circumstances that you have been that you have grown in right whether whether skill wise or the family wise and i think it just it just how it breaks down the sports aspect it actually uses the example of 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 hockey in canada as well and at some aspects of like the NBA and it's just 
an interesting yeah, for those who haven't read Outliers, definitely uh I'd read that that I'd recommend. But the whole FIFA thing, I think watching the documentary and then the latest thing things that's been going on with Cristiano Ronaldo and everything. And I think it's the same story, just different organization. Because I don't, I know we're all aware of of how corruption is is perpetuated in some of these companies. And I don't think, I don't think it was any surprise at the end of the day. But I think my biggest question is, okay, so what's so what's the way forward, right? This documentary is out. Now what, you know, because there's still a couple of question marks that we're seeing with. With what's going on in Qatar and everything, but I don't want to get into something that I'm not. I don't have just the information on my fingertips on. But yeah, it was interesting. Interesting watch. Interesting thing thing to watch. But yeah, as we as we hop into what are the things that we wanted to talk about today, I think Yuri brought up um a topic on on being deliberately calm, you know, which I found very very on brand for Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> for those who know Yuri and days. yeah and and Sean you also brought up the conversation on anti-fragility and there there's so many parallels to these two these two concepts and I'd love I'd love for us to kick it off with Yuri right what does it what does it mean to exercise deliberate calmness and what a what are some of the challenges that come that come with that and navigating that? So just break that down for us. I think at the top of my mind, the first thing is being able to exercise a high level of self-awareness. So this this comes under like, you know, the aspect of emotional intelligence, right? Where you're able to be fully self-aware of what's happening within. Right. And this comes from, you know, daily exercises where you're able to analyze like, your triggers. Um, you're able to, you know, also analyze like how you're feeling and you're able to also like communicate with people generally your emotions and your your feelings on a day to day. So like when I when I even started this whole journey of, you know learning what emotional intelligence is and just seeing how you know it's it's how such a skill could be vital for my growth as an as an individual i one of the 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 exercises that i took up was just building my vocabulary on you know different kinds of emotions and feelings and that allowed me to better communicate with just myself on you know, how I'm doing on the course of the day. But when I came across, um, you know, deliberate calmness, it was very interesting because I, as, a, as an individual, you guys may know me as a very calm guy. Um, I may be introverted. Um, there's, there's an aspect in me that is also a very big choleric, right? Like, if I get upset, I get upset and goes from zero to a hundred, right? And in certain situations, it has put me in very compromising um, um, contexts that 
would lead me to, you know, making very unclear decisions that would end up just causing more harm, right? So practicing deliberate calmness is being at a space where you're able to control that zero to a hundred, right? Even though you, you, let's say like in our boardroom, like if something happens between us or we disagree on something, I wouldn't just change or just switch up on you guys and end up making very erratic decisions or end up saying things that would hamper the relationship that we've been building, right? But it's important that I don't, um, you know, take the issues that we may encounter as a team and like close them inside an envelope and just, you know, and, and never address them. Deliberate calmness allows me to be able to, you know, assess these triggers um, from, from a standpoint where, you know, yes, I may be, I may be upset or um or I may be in a in a in, in a space where you know I'm very angry and just make the most out of these triggers, right? And I remember like one of from our previous um on this Friday I talked about like journaling, right? And I shared like I have recently taken up um a practice where I would write down like, you know, what are certain triggers that I have experienced during the day and just break them down. And just harnessing that skill in itself allows me to be, you know, in like it allows me at, in certain situations to be able to just break it down immediately without having to, you know, go through a whole cycle of, you know, zero to a hundred, then I have to slowly calm myself down and it, in 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 that process also like you know resolve the conflict that i have with people right so i think it's it's a skill that we need to all harness um especially within our generation because covid in itself like really put us in our rooms right it put us it made us be become more reliant on just ourselves within our own spaces and like now going back into the world and going through this whole major reset like we find ourselves in like different kinds of teams different kinds of spaces where we need we need to be able to practice deliberate calmness and deal with this with with you know situations at hand so like a lot of people might not have that skill and it might end up, you know, being very detrimental for teams. But the beauty of emotional intelligence and the beauty of, you know, learning such practices and, you know, learning how to, you know, assess your triggers, building your emotional vocabulary, it's a skill that you can learn, right? And you can be able to grow in that pursuit. So... Yeah, this is just me like sharing with, you know, all our listeners and, you know, all the people within our community that, you know, emotional is something that emotional intelligence is something that you can harness over time. Um, and just taking the small steps towards it makes the greatest difference. Yeah. There's, there's an interesting um, thing that pops up to mind 
you know, when, when now, when now we start to speak of deliberate calm and it's just, you know, is, is there a line to be drawn between like actually being calm in a situation versus, you know, just not caring because sometimes we might think some people are calm, but like, they just don't care, you know, is I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious to know and, and, and first chime in on that of like, you know, <clears throat> when, when something is happening or, you know, things are going down, there's, there's chaos, etc. Calm could be, okay, I'm not going to be reactive, right? And I'm going to, you know, think fast, etc. Um, be slow to anger, you know, all, all those good things. I think but also yeah what do you think I think I think it it comes like you'll be able to draw that line when when you see someone communicate right you can be calm but you can still communicate you can still be present um you can still be present in in a room right I think one of the things that I have okay in certain situations that I have had to I've had to do something called gray rocking where I show like zero emotion towards any trigger. Right. And that's happens like when I'm dealing with someone who I know may be sort of narcissistic. Right. But that's not the context in every room. Right. Um, deliberate calm in itself, I think from my perspective is, you know, you, yes, you may be going through certain feelings and certain expressions, but how how you communicate them and how you remain present in a room makes the greatest difference, right? And people would generally see that, okay, even though that there is tension in the room, this person generally wants to, you know, address it, right? Or generally wants to find a solution to it, right? So it's, that's that's where I would draw the line. If you'd be hitting the wall, if it probably you and I get in a, in 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 a, in a situation, and yes, you might notice that okay, I'm very calm about it, but we never talk about it, we never address it. Um, you don't even know like how I'm feeling. That that in itself would you know. Would would make us just stonewall the conversation, and you know, one one day it might blow up. So yeah, that's that's why I draw the line. I I hear that. What what's your, Bunny? What's what's usually your, your go to or, or or what's happening in your mind when you decide to calm, right? Like what in situations of crisis. How how do you usually deal and and manage that? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, you know that 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 phenomenon is it a phenomenon of fight, fright, fight, huh? fight, flight, yeah, fight, flight, mm. fight, flight, and freeze. Yeah. So then for me, I freeze and 
try and take in as much information as possible. Like, let's say this is like something dangerous is happening, <laughs> you know, something that's, that's threatening my life or my physical state of calmness, right? I try and distance myself from the problem and then just take in as much information as I can. But I think with with how some of us have trained our entrepreneurial minds to be, the aim of taking in as much information is usually to figure out a solution, you know? And now this is really just beyond beyond the conversation of, of physical danger to more of, you know, in stressful situations, right? Or in situations of volatility and turmoil. I remember a very interesting example is last year we were we're putting together an event with Yuri, right? It was a couple of days, they were like two, two days to the event and COVID was still going around on the island and the school sent us an email that we had a, a positive case, COVID case in school. And so they said, you guys will be allowed to go to the supermarkets. When you come back, we'll do a whole campus lockdown on the weekend. Now, the consequences of, of, of that would be if Yuri, myself, and one of our other guys, Roli, if we were to be locked down on campus, we'd have to postpone our event. Now, we'd already postponed our previous event. So if we postponed that, it would really damage the momentum that we built with our audience. So in that moment, I remember I was in my room and it was literally to stop, try and gather as much information, play out all those scenarios. You guys know that, that um that scene in Avengers Endgame, yeah, Infinity War, where Doctor Strange is playing out different scenarios with that time time stone thing. Marvel fans, shout out, shout out to us. Playing out all the different scenarios. And then he says there's only one way out of a bazillion thousands of possibilities that we can win. That's sort of what goes in my head, right? Of playing out all of these different decisions and get into the best possible outcome, right? And I'm just running with it, like throwing all my ducks in this one thing. And I think that's where that risk element has come in. That risk appetite has really grown because we've just seen ourselves make consistently good decisions, right? And so just in the case of of this event, we made a unanimous decision to leave campus, get an Airbnb, resell all the ALU tickets to those who are in the waitlist, market it more a bit, get get some more people in, and it was a success, right? And so I think there's that concept as well of anti-fragility, which is something that, that you guys actually just pointed me towards, and, and Sean, you mentioned that you've, you've been reading up on this quite a bit. And just from my understanding, it's it's a concept of you know many things in life benefit from stress, disorder, turmoil, and volatility, right? The things are not only gained from disorder but needed in order to survive. I think I think this is the definition. If if entrepreneurs had an overarching skill or ability that that we've grown to hone over time, and is making decisions in the middle of the storm, um, but I love. I'd love to get a bit more from you, Sean. What's, what's an instance that you can tie to, to this concept of anti-fragility 
and you can just look back on and see how you benefited from from that stress or that disorder i know i know with academics there's an aspect of that right where you every every person who's ever studied in any school has to shovel through all the deadlines all the oh how many words writing and all that but love to hear like are there any specifics for you that stand out and you can just trace back a certain benefit from it? i'd love to hear yuri's opinion on this as well yeah for sure um yeah so i mean the the, the whole term of you know anti-fragility um I, I i came across it you know you know when when i've been when i was really looking into you know different styles and 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 thoughts thought leaders around um you know economics and trading and you know in the financial world and and i came across this guy called um called 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 Nassim, Nassim Taleb and yeah Nassim Taleb he i mean he's what what does he do man he's like a he's like an economist philosopher uh, mathematician and really you know a, a lot of the work that he does is is in trying to break down things like you know randomness you know are are things really random um you know what are some of the fallacies that humans have around how things work um and so an an, an interesting thing that he brings up is this whole concept of anti-fragility right so when, when we think of something that's fragile you know you'd think of like like an egg right like you drop the thing and 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 it's going to to break it's it's fragile in the presence of of turmoil toughness disruption it breaks that's that's fragile right so an interesting thing that he brings about is the fact that a lot of times we might think that the opposite of fragility is robustness for example right so uh, as opposed to an egg maybe a, a ball of steel would be what you know traditionally you'd think something that's anti-fragile is but what that really is is it's just robust it does have its own conditions which might be a bit tougher than an egg but it still will um be bent or can be melted down etc it its response to destruction and chaos is is not to be stronger right so something that's anti-fragile is something that when when you put it under stress when you put it under um you know adversity it becomes stronger so think think of like you, you know you know when you think of like ancient um, greek mythology right the the hydra for example right the the snake with like the monster snake with like many heads when you chop off one head it grows two back right that that's like a really great example of something that's anti-fragile right so when when damage is done to it it actually comes back stronger and so you know his whole his whole concept there is that businesses need to implement systems and ways of thinking and operating that are anti-fragile right so when when there's recessions when there's um turmoil in the markets when there's um you know competition when all those things are happening that traditionally would not be good for a business you know do you have processes in place to make sure that you're coming out stronger right 
Um, another example of an anti-fragile system is, for example, our bodies. When, when we when we get exposed to a disease or, or a, you know, something attacks our immunity, the anti-fragility that's encoded into us as humans is to, to to gain immunity, right? So our immune system learns, oh, this thing actually was not good for us the last time. So therefore when it comes back again, I will have double the defenses to make sure that I will not be affected and I, I will be healthier as, as, as a result, right? And so over time you build immunity and you're stronger because you are exposed to all these things, right? Um, also, when you build muscle in the gym, what's actually happening that this process called hypertrophy, where you you break down your actual muscle, they, you know you're actually disintegrating your muscles when you work out, but then now they come back stronger. You you get so I've I've just been so fascinated with this thing of of, of anti fragility because it implies that as humans, if we can figure out how to live lives that benefit from the chaos right so in 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 this case like for example you know when yuri speaks of like journaling or reflection emotional intelligence as as a response to chaos being injected into your ecosystem that's an example of anti-fragility in that yuri will sit down and turn that inconvenience which otherwise would have shattered someone you turn it into like lessons, right? You've written it down and you figured out, mm, this is what I can actually learn from it. And so you're coming out of that process which would have otherwise damaged you if you were fragile, but you've turned it into like a lesson and you're better out of it as a result of you, you know, being anti-fragile. So it's, 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 it's a really interesting, um, it's a really interesting way of, of, of thinking. And when I think of how, it's applied for me it's been in just my attitude towards like like failure and trying things right um and i know a lot of us here can can attest to the fact that like we love to try things out and experiment but you can't be an iterator or experimenter if you are fragile you get rejection will kill you um you know imposter syndrome will take you out shame and guilt will cripple you like bruh there's there's almost no benefits to being someone like that or trying new stuff if if you're fragile right and so i think i'd, I'd like to encourage our audience to to recognize that you know those of us who are out here doing stuff and you're like oh good job you're doing this you're doing... it's like it's not that it was easy or we were otherwise disposed or, or like we were born like in some special way but it's just how, how do you respond to the chaos in these ecosystems to become better? So, yeah. So how does one? Yeah. So how does one build that skill? Like, let's get a bit practical because I know I know at the end of that article, we'll attach it for you guys. They had some very practical steps. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the ways that you can do that is um, is is figuring out okay, how, how can I be efficient? So efficiency is, is one of the ways that anti-fragile people operate, right? Because what an efficient person or an efficient system does is that 
it cuts out the noise. When, when there's chaos or, or disruption or things aren't working well, that's noise, right? Efficiency means you're able to cut away and figure out what am I actually in control of, right? Um, what is actually happening around me? And what are the action steps I can take to make sure that this, this situation is actually um, benefiting me in, instead of holding me back? So there's an element there of you won't waste your time um, being emotional about things because you recognize, okay, this isn't, a, it's not efficient for me to throw a tantrum in this situation. Let me figure out solutions, for example. Like that, that, those are examples of like how, how to be a bit efficient in that, in, in that sense. Um, another way is, you know, strategic, strategic thinking. So a strategic thinker would be characterized by, you know, your ability to anticipate certain things. Because again, in, 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 a, in a world that is chaotic, there's an element of strategic planning and, and just being proactive that is able to take you away from uh, our bias to be reactive, right? So when things happen, hey, react, react, react. But if you're proactive, you've already set in place fail-safes, you've set in place plan Bs, plan Cs, pivots, etc. So when, when, when things hit the fan, you're not thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? It's, oh, I had, a, I had a plan for this. Okay, let me pivot. What are my options? Let me, let, it just allows you to just, just, just have a, a deeper and, and more solid footing um, when, when these things tend to happen. Because I, 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 think, I think a lot of us panic in, in tough situations because number one, you didn't anticipate it. Um, number two, you don't know what to do. Um, You're and, not used and, to it. <laughs> Not used to it. It's out of. You're not used to not knowing what to do. But there's that. That that that's a deep one, and that gets a lot of people. I think because, especially if you've been conditioned in, in systems that or, or places or, you know, an upbringing where things are very predictable, things are very controlled. Wow, 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 wow! You go into the real world, you realize, hey, hey, things are hey, things are well. You know, like it, it, it can be a bit overwhelming. And so, yeah, um, a, a way to counteract that, um, which would be now like the third step, is to inject small amounts of stress in your life. Um, yeah, like put, put short deadlines maybe to something that you want to achieve. Um, get, get into competitive stuff like competitive sports, um, competitive just something competitive, you know, something where these these high stakes, um, even if it's not necessarily such a big thing, um, maybe start playing chess, you know, against your friend or or video games. You know, there's, there's that sense of, wow, things are at stake and I have to react in the moment, etc. Like you're building your, you're building your, 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 your robustness. Um, taking cold showers, cold showers. Cut. <laughs> Cut the mic, cut the mic, cut, cut the, the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, you what, an, on that one. an interesting thing, you know, not, like since I've been going to the gym and stuff, bruh, I just, I, you know, now the algorithms and the World Wide Web now start sending you certain content. 
So the things I see on Twitter about G raising testosterone, raising her, this what um, muscle muscle recovery, her, bro, people are just extreme. There's a guy who was saying G at eat eat an onion, a raw onion a day for like 30 days. G at it'll help you, you know, like with, with physique and whatever. I Anyway, those are the guys who are really anti-fragile. Hey, you're eating onions. Anyway, um, the, the last actionable step, which I found was, was, was interesting, was reducing negativity, right? So, man, a lot of times people just be so negative about stuff um, or just toxic. Um, you, Cut those people you, off. Like fearful in nature. Because when things go south, they are the first people to react and react in all the wrong ways, right? And so, and we are we are a function, and now we we are a, over time we become the people who we are around. And so, hey man, if if we are around negativity, etc., your your reaction to adversity will always be to look at the at the downsides instead of seeing okay, how can I be better, but yeah, that's that's a bit about what what, what I've been learning about anti-fragility. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it would be awesome to see, you know, at the end of the year how we can just take take assessment of okay, how has our year been? And okay, there might have been turmoil here and there, but what are we doing to make sure that you know we are getting out of it better? So yeah, that's that. That's been anti-fragility for me. I, I've been going down that rabbit hole, hence my monologue here. <laughs> but but yeah, guys, it, it, it's fascinating, and and I and I already think within this boardroom we exercise it without knowing without us knowing what to call it. So it's really cool to now have a word for it. Um, so trust, I'll be I'll be throwing that word around a lot <laughs> this week. But um, yeah, we've we've come towards the end of our of our of our recording of our time here in the boardroom. Yeah, just I just wanted to get like you guys as parting shots in terms of you know, have you guys been leveraging anti fragility you know on on, on a day to day you know without you guys knowing what to call it etc. Thoughts on that, and then now we can get into our our founders wrap up. I think I think one of the things that I can share is just how we conduct our guest relations here at the podcast. Um, I think when we started, it was pretty intimidating to reach out to different kinds of people that we view as high profile. Um, and in, in some cases, they felt not reachable, even though you could connect with them on LinkedIn or on different kinds of social platforms. but. I think we've just built a very hard shell, right? On consistently reaching out to someone um, and just following up and so you can, you know, get them on the podcast. It might get, you know, for me, I think one of the things is I've just had to build that patience that probably they might not say yes on the fifth follow-up email, but they might say yes on the sixth one, right? And just building different kinds of strategies that 
just reassure that as long as this person hasn't said no, um, I can still follow up, right? And I can do it in the most respectful way. Um, yeah, that's what I can share. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like I can think back to a couple of instances where like early on in my entrepreneurial journey, I'd start something just to see how how it goes. You know, just to be in that in that space. It's a muscle. I think it's a muscle that that we've just really had to develop over time. And and just through through learning, I've learned a lot more about myself when um when things aren't going my way than when they are. I think that goes just into like, oh, what are my values? Like what what are my values? What don't I compromise on? How much am I willing to sacrifice for what I want? How much am I willing to lose? You know? And also just also looking at which people do I pull a bit closer when I'm in these instances. And I think that whole sugar spice and everything nice mix just shows shows a really good picture of which is the people that we are. Um yeah, this is a beautiful, beautiful conversation, guys. And and it's it's sad to say that we reached yet. <laughs> but um we are an anti-fragile lot and we'll definitely definitely see each other again soon. Before we before we end, you know, you know how you guys do. Hope you guys have your founders wrap-up questions ready. Because we're hopping right into it. Me, I can even go fast today. Who wants to take my question? Any volunteers? Yuri Sean. I I, I nominate myself. <laughs> ah yeah. You done you done did this to yourself, bro. So my first question, my uh, rather my question to Sean is if the average human lifespan was 30 years, how would you live your life differently? 30 years. Right now, we're like 23, 23, 22 years old, average here in the boardroom. We have eight more years to go. How would you, if the average human life was 30 years, how would you live your life differently? Oof. That's tough because now I, I I don't have that much time left. Uh, let's say 40. Oh. Let's say 40. Let's say 40. 40. Okay, 40. 40 is calm. 40 is calm. I think I think as as a as an organism, I'd want to multiply. <laughs> just just <laughs> Just to make sure my DNA lives on in this earth. Like, y'all got me, but there's six others coming afterwards that will <laughs> take on my legacy. Um, I think that would be my first instinct. Um, I'd, I'd try and get married ASAP. Um, just, just so that I, I die in love, you know? I think that would be cool. Uh, what else would I do? I'd, I'd travel. You know, I'd really, I'd really just see the world. And one thing I keep saying is, oh, when I'm old, I want to, I want to do um, bird watching as like a hobby. And I keep saying, when I'm old, uh, when when I'm old and rich, when I have my a couple thousand acres somewhere of, of national park land, you know, heritage site. But I'm just like, just 
buy, I'd buy binoculars tomorrow. Hey, I'd get a camera, a nice camera, and I'd just go, I just go do bird watching and, and just travel and see what birds around the world look like. I just love birds. Um yeah, and and stargazing. I do bird watching and stargazing. Those are two things I just find are just so beautiful. Um yeah, and, and multiplying. And, and multiplying. Yeah, that too. Important. <laughs> yeah. And uh and and I'd also I'd write I'd write books. I'd write a couple of books. You know, I'd write poetry books, I'd write like books, books, I'd write a business book, I'd write a um you know, just reflections on the nature of reality books. Yeah, I'd write. Um, but yeah, I think that's that that's what I'd do. And try and make some money. I think I'd I'd figure out how, how can I make as much money. So I leave an inheritance for my my nine children that would follow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'd do. Um okay, my turn. So I'm asking Yuri. Okay. Yuri, Yuri, Yuri. Uh, okay. So, I, I just, I just spoke about like writing a book or something, you know, like creating something. So, if if you were to, at the end of your life, be known for one thing, right? So you've produced one thing or done one thing in this world. Like, what do you want to be known as? You, you read the what like you, like what what for you right now would be like wow that'd be really cool to to die and just be known as the guy who did that very interesting right because now you're putting me in a situation where i have to divide myself i'm thinking of the music side of me and i'm also thinking about about the podcast side of me you know the kind of work that we're doing but a bit hard I think one of the things I would really try to be remembered for is that aspect of being humble enough to surround yourself with different kinds of people that are more competent than you and being able to be an influence through those interactions, right? And that and that transcends through, you know, how I will grow as um, within the music industry and also just with the work that we do with the podcast, right? It's very humbling for us every week to to come on calls like this and just break down, you know, what we are what we are reading um you know the discussions that we've seen on on different platforms and who we're interacting with right because it allows you to also see that there's really no infinite um level to which you can receive knowledge there's also there's always something new that you can keep learning um and just surrounding yourself with different kinds of people that can influence those sparks will be able to win, you know, influence, right? And I I think even just with music, 
music is so beautiful because if you go on Spotify or or, or on Apple, every single day you can discover a new song or a new album, right? And just being able to be at a stage where I can share that with people and create memorable experiences is something that when, you know, when my time my time comes to an end, I would smile about and say that, you know, I lived an impactful life. Yeah. But now I think, now I'll ask Pomina the question. But before I ask Omina the question, what do you think about that, Sean? I like it. I like it. It, it takes it takes the our ethos and really just magnifies that across your life of just being a, a lifelong learner and finding joy in that. That hey, I'm willing to sit down and be taught something by someone else. And at the end of the day, the accumulation of all of that across all the different people you've interacted with constitutes to a great life. So that's that's something that you've yeah you've now put well into perspective. And you know, I'm I'm gonna start thinking of myself as how can how can I be a lifelong learner? Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Um now for Mina, um, I think my question for you is from your experiences, from your from your banks of knowledge, what does it mean to be healthy? No, at least he didn't ask you, are you healthy? <laughs> are you, yeah. Yes. What does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> does it mean to be healthy? Mm. Hey, I don't know from my banks of knowledge. <laughs> now coming from a bank. Hmm. I think. I think with if you look at our the pen checks that we do, yeah, we talk about you know how we're doing physically, how we're doing emotionally, and what are our needs. So borrowing from that, I I can define being healthy as being physically and emotionally okay. And with that, have the capacity to cater to your own needs. Right. And so are you physically and emotionally okay to get up every single day and cater to the work that you need to get done, the money that you need to earn, the capacity that you need to build. Because if you look at, if you don't, if you're not physically okay or emotionally okay, catering to your own needs will be very different. Thus catering to the needs of others will be 10 times, 10 times more difficult. So I think, I think, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting, that's an interesting perspective of that question. Um, so yeah, being physically and emotionally well and in a position to cater to your own needs and by extension depending on who your dependents are the needs of other people around you boom it's a wrap that's what i'm talking about yeah now there there you executed very well
you you guys you guys are podcasters y'all 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 know what you're doing um yeah but thank you all for your time i know it's 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 at a strange time that we are recording this (laughs) contrary to how we usually do it um but yeah this this has been a great start to my day good day to start the day yeah yeah i I always love connecting back with you guys and and just checking in, also learning. You know, I I learned so much from these conversations and I hope that you guys also as the audience have been learning and applying. We've had really great guest episodes being put out during the week. This week we spoke to Marsha Wolf, who is um, co-founder of Lofty Inc. Capital Management, one of Africa's top venture capitalists. If you want to figure out what is a venture capitalist and why does that sound like the bad guy in a science fiction movie, they're actually not. They do really great work and um, yeah, really the backbone of just empowering a lot of great ideas to scale um, through smart funding. So yeah, entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, um, anyone who's interested in finance, etc., all are welcome to listen to that episode, even if you have no interest whatsoever. Uh, Marsha's story is super interesting so yeah take a listen to that if you haven't already and thank you all for the love and support you've been giving us here on the podcast yeah we are we're growing super fast we're really excited to see you know how we're going to wrap up the year and just set the pace for for for, for the next years to come so yeah thank you guys again for your support gentlemen it's been lovely as always in the boardroom um, my name is Sean Karanja. I've been joined by Boniface Omina and Mr. Yuri Koret as well. And yeah, we were signing out, but we want to wish you a fantastic holiday season coming up. And yeah, take take a break. Hopefully, school is ending for you guys. Hey, there's a long, long walk to freedom here in the, on the school aspect. But yeah, just know we're walking it with you. If you guys have questions, we'll have a new segment. Quickly, before we wrap up, we've got a new segment um, where you guys can ask us questions. And during our um, episodes, we, we shall be asking our guests and just having that on as, you know, a little recording, a little, a little recorded section. So, yeah, if you have questions, ask us and we shall ask our network of guests. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure, everyone. Thank you for joining in. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay ambitious, and remember to be anti-fragile. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week.